Welcome, everybody, to your all-time favorite podcast in the world, and arguably, as it has been said, the most useful podcast in the world, Persuasion School. My name is Jake Savage, and if this is your first time here, I'm grateful to have you with us. Little little disclaimer, if it is your first time, one, I tend to get a little nasally on days that I've swam. I swam earlier, and man, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit right now. So it may be a little nasally during this episode. And two, I'm traveling, so I'm not in my studio. Audio quality is going to be a little less than ideal. You probably could care less, but to me, it's a big deal. So anyways, that's a quick disclaimer as we kick today's episode off. But like I said, my name is Jake Savage. If you uh, want to learn a little bit more about me, you can read the bio on whatever platform that you're listening to the show on. But a quick snapshot that I say at the beginning of each episode is I'm a former door-to-door salesman. I knocked on about 100,000 doors before transitioning into a sales startup that I helped launch with some other amazing people. My job there was to build and train a team of salespeople nationwide. I was the president for the last three years. We had some fun milestones together, like the Inc.'s list of the 500 fastest growing companies in the nation. We made that list twice. And then in 2021... I launched my own consulting business, which I had been wanting to do for a long time. So now I do I do a handful of things, but really I leverage this 15 years of corporate sales experience to help nonprofit fundraising teams win bigger donations. And I'm primarily trying to work with anti-trafficking groups. So that's kind of my work in a nutshell. And then of course, through this podcast, we teach the masses how to get more of the things that they want in life, everyday things, how to be a more confident speaker how to negotiate, how to get more buy-in, how to influence people to take action, get more deals, dates, donations, raises, promotions, whatever it is, all that good stuff. This is the place to come if you want to learn how to be a more effective communicator. So we've got two shows during the week. One is today, Thursday. Either I've put together a topic based off of my decade and a half in in the sales world, or uh, I'll pull something fun from the world of psychology or neuroscience, or I've interviewed somebody awesome doing amazing things and we learn from them how they influence other people to take action. So that's every Thursday. And then we will also have a, a different segment, or we do have a different segment called Whiskey Wednesday. We had audience members wanting to get to know a little bit more about me as a person. So one thing that I love almost more than anything, except for my family, is whiskey. <laughs> So we'll uh, we'll drink some whiskey and we'll dive into whatever it is that's uh, that's happening in the moment. I'll usually have the my wife Alexa on those episodes with my brother Andrew. And uh, lately, we've been talking a lot about endurance, the world of endurance training, endurance sports, endurance mindset. Because I'm training for an Ironman in September. Just did a triathlon this past Sunday. It was an Olympic distance triathlon, and so it's kind of been my world lately outside of this so that's kind of what we've been getting into anyways that's the show in a nutshell welcome let's go ahead and dive into today all right we've spent a good deal of time over the past couple years talking about the what the why and the how of positively influencing other people to take action one thing that we haven't spent as much time on is the when and obviously this is a pretty big topic when to say the right things, when to bring things up, when to ask certain questions. It's going to take a lot of time to unpack and explore. So we're just going to dive into a little piece, something a little bit more digestible today. And it comes from 
a human behavior expert, a man named Dan Pink. Some of you may have heard of him. Dan Pink has written some great best-selling books. I've read at least three of them. I think he's got a handful out there. To Sell as Human, Drive, and Then When. So, ties in well with today's episode. Um, so, we're going we're gonna to discuss the when behind how to be more persuasive. And this isn't just being more persuasive to necessarily like get what you want. It could just be being more persuasive to get your point across. Even in an argument, even if you're giving bad news. Right? How to be more effective in your communication. So we're going to touch on three things that come from Dan Pink, this human behavior expert, a guy that's spent the past couple decades studying and researching human behavior. And he has like a bent towards persuasion like myself. He's just obsessed with this uh, with this topic, this ability to influence the behavior of other human beings just through the way that we say things or through our body language, uh, so on and so forth, which is why he's written those books, of course. And He's also on that app Masterclass. If anybody has a membership to that, that's fantastic, by the way. So he ha- he is on Masterclass as a teacher teaching persuasion. So he's got a ton of great content on there. So I just pulled a very little piece, actually three things, three tips for us when it comes to the the when in terms of how to be more persuasive in our in everyday instances, essentially. So that's what we're going to touch on today. So I'm going to go through the three things and then we'll wrap up. And as I say these, just be thinking about how it may pertain to your life or your circumstances. We're all in different, we're all in different spots here. Um, So be thinking about this. And then if you have any questions, you can always DM me via Instagram. It's the best place because I'm way too active on there, but you can email me to jake at jakesavage.co. You can go to persuasionschoolpodcast.com and drop me a line, or you can just catch me on Instagram at it's Jake Savage if you want to fire over any questions. Also, I'll put the link to this NBC article, since he's a guest contributor there, in the show notes if you want to read a little bit more about it. All right, so the first thing that Dan Pink, that Dan Pink brings to the table uh, as, as it pertains to the win of persuading others is knowing when to go or not go first. Have you ever been in that type of position? Whether it was in a job interview or maybe you were pitching something to try to secure an investment and there were a bunch of people out there pitching or you know, maybe it was even giving a presentation somewhere. Do you go first? Do you go last? Do you go in the middle of the pack? What is the best strategy for this? Well, he's actually done some research here. So there are two different times where you do want to go first. Two different times will, when it will benefit you to be the first. So the, the first example is if there are few candidates, let's say this is a job interview. If there are fewer candidates, you are better off going first, not last. And this is due to something called the primacy effect, where we are more likely to remember the beginning of a sequence a sequence of anything, a sequence of items. Think about pi, for example. If I were to ask you, hey, can you tell me what pi is? You probably will say 3.1, 3.14, whatever. But that's likely most of, all of what most of us remember. That's the primacy effect. We are more likely to remember the beginning of a sequence. So if there are fewer candidates, you are better off going first. Another time, when you are better off going first is if there are many strong candidates, not just a whole bunch of candidates, but a good amount of highly qualified candidates. 
And the reason why it's better for you to go first in this instance is because if all those candidates are really strong, judges, interviewers, investors, whomever, if, again, all these candidates are really strong, they're going to try and look harder and harder for flaws as time goes on. Because naturally, they're going to sit there and they're going to think, wow, there are a ton of really impressive people here. There's, there, you know, the, the talent pool has to even out at some point. Like, let's let's find out what's going on here. Maybe we're going to look a little bit harder for some flaws to try to see if we can catch something. So again, you're better off going first if there are few candidates or if there are many strong candidates. All right. Now, there are two times when it's best to go last. So the first is if there are lots of candidates, not lots of strong candidates, just lots of candidates in general. And this is due to the recency effect. So the first one was the primacy effect. We're more likely to begin to remember the beginning of a sequence. Well, the recency effect happens when it's a much larger sequence. We're, we're more likely to remember the end, right? The more recent items that we heard in that sequence. And the reason there's a reason why I used pi as an example for the primacy effect, because none of us have ever even heard the end of pi. I think it goes on for forever. If there are any mathematicians here, feel free to correct me. I'm not. That's not a fact. I just saying. I'm saying I think it goes on for forever. So we probably have never heard the last few numbers, which is why the primacy effect kicks in there. We remember the first few, but not the end. But in a really long sequence, and you do hear the end you're more likely to remember the last few items. Like if you'd never heard the ABCs before in your life, you're going to be more likely to remember XYZ when the person is done saying the letters to you. Okay, so if there are lots of candidates, not necessarily strong candidates, you're better off volunteering to go last. The other instance when it's good to go last is if the criteria for the selection is not so clear. And this will require some homework on your end. But if it's if it's evident that the criteria for what somebody is looking for and you're trying to earn this spot in whatever the, the scenario is, if it's evident that the criteria isn't as clear, you're better off to go last because as people go in front of you, this stakeholder, judge, interviewer, investor, whomever it is, they're going to slowly begin to identify what it is they're looking for as more and more people cycle through. So that means that if you're at the end, ideally they'll be more likely to choose you because they will have a better idea of what you're looking for. This isn't a guarantee, of course, because you might not fit what they're looking for, but you will have a better chance than the people earlier on when the judges or interviewers don't know what it is they're looking for. Okay. Two times to go first. If there are few candidates, go first. If there are a bunch of really strong candidates, go first. Two times to go last. If there are a bunch of candidates, just in general, not super strong, go last. And then if the criteria for the selection isn't so clear, go last. All right. So that's that's part one, knowing when to go or not go first. Hopefully you're still tracking with me here. Part two a little bit quicker, is when to give bad news. Now, a lot of us think that starting with the good news helps us to maybe prevent letting somebody down, right? Like if you know you're going to be the bearer of bad news, you probably don't want that to be the first thing because you want to make them happy 
and then hopefully you can like earn their trust or level with them and then deliver the harsher news. But there's actually some research around there in, around this, and this might not be rocket science, and maybe plenty of you already do this, but there are a lot of people out there based on the studies that believe it's better to give bad news first, or sorry, give good news first for this reason, right? Not wanting to let others down. But research shows that we prefer to see a rising sequence towards the end of something rather than a declining sequence. So even though the research shows we prefer to give the good news first, the other research shows we prefer to receive the good news second. So sometimes it's going to be contrary to what you think will be the best option, if you're following me here. So when to give bad news? You've got to give somebody bad news. Start with the bad news no matter what. Yes, it's going to let them down right off the bat, but our brains prefer rising sequences rather than declining sequences. So you want to end on that positive note with the good news. Pretty interesting. All right, then the third one here is when to ask for big requests. This is something that I was excited about because we've done a handful of episodes on asking for raises, asking for promote, asking people out on dates, talking about deals, donations, all this stuff. <clears throat> asking for big requests. All right, so there's there is some science here to to when is the ideal time to make these types of asks. And most of it comes down to something called decision fatigue. So we only we have we do have a limited amount of willpower, believe it or not, because that willpower comes from a section of our brain that does experience fatigue just like any other muscle in our body. So as we make more and more decisions throughout the day, it becomes oftentimes more difficult to make those decisions as we progress. Because that willpower, the ability to choose to make those decisions, is just getting tired towards the end of the day. Okay, so if you've got to ask somebody for a big request, a big favor, you're going in to ask for a raise. Well, if you do that towards the end of a work day, like if you reach out to your boss and try to schedule a meeting and they say, sure, no problem, let's aim for 4.30 or 5 o'clock. It'll be the last meeting on the calendar for the day. You need to fight harder to get on the beginning of the day, you get earlier an earlier spot on their calendar because there's a good chance they will be experiencing that decision fatigue by the end of the day. And when we experience decision fatigue, it's easier for us to rely on our default response. And for many of us, our default response is no. Because by saying no, we are not entangling ourselves in any type of commitments, long-term or short-term, that we don't want to be in, right? Saying yes sometimes requires a lot more effort or energy on our part. So our default response is, is uh, no for the most part. And if we're experiencing decision fatigue, our response is more likely to be no. So if you are asking for a race, get yourself earlier on the calendar, an earlier time slot on the calendar, because the, that willpower muscle, so to speak, will be well-rested and ready to go. And if you ask your boss for a raise first thing in the morning, they will be more likely to pause and consider the options and potentially lean towards giving you the raise rather than the default response of no. And it doesn't have to be the raise example. That's just what I'm using because a lot of people have come to persuasion school to learn how to ask their bosses for raises. And we've had a lot of fun with that one. But it could be any big request. 
that you have to ask. Okay, let's say it's not feasible for you to make this happen first time in the first thing in the morning. There is another slot that's ideal, and that's right after someone has taken a break. Could be a lunch break or just some other break during the day, something to allow them a little bit of time to recharge. That is also, based on the studies here, a great time to ask for a request because that willpower muscle will be a little bit more rested and ready to go. All right, so first thing in the morning or after a break. The, the article I was reading from Dan Pink, he even mentions that some people he's interviewed about this throughout his research will purposely take people on walks before they make an ask. So if it's like the middle of the workday, maybe try to get a walk in around the building, around the area, whatever it is, and then make that ask at the end of the walk because the walk is going to serve as the break. So food for thought, fun way to uh, to try that out. Hey, I had fun reading about this stuff. As you guys know, I, I get a kick out of this. So you know, hopefully you do too. If you're somebody that's been wanting to ask for a big request for a while, hopefully this was helpful. Uh, or maybe if you're applying for jobs, like a lot of people are during COVID, hopefully the knowing when to go first and when not to go first will be helpful for you. If you have any questions or you want to unpack this further, would definitely encourage, like I said, you to reach out. I love hearing from listeners and working with you guys and would love to work with you on this. So again, catch me on Instagram. It's at It's Jake Savage. And if you want to read the rest of the article, I will put the link in the show notes for you to find. But guys, that's it for today. Short and sweet will probably be the case for the next couple of weeks as I'm actually traveling for a month with my family. But hey, maybe that's a good thing because I, I tend to get to talking a lot on these on these podcasts. And maybe we'll be a little bit more direct and to the point over the next month. But guys, a couple things as we close out here. One, if you, I mean, if you have just a general question about this episode, like I already said, couple times, reach out. Now, if you have a question about how to apply one of these tips to your world in particular, and you're looking for a specific answer from me, I would recommend going to patreon.com slash persuasion school. I have an episode there. uh, It's usually weekly, depending on how many questions come through. But I have a members-only Q&A podcast segment on Patreon. So people sign up. It's four bucks a month. You can ask any question you want. You can listen to all the episodes from the other questions that have come through from other listeners. But that's the best place to submit questions if you want me to tailor an answer based off of your scenario or your situation. Again, it's patreon.com slash persuasion school, only four bucks a month. So encourage you to check that out. Last couple things here as we close out. One is coaching. I, I set out to do this podcast just because I thought it was fun. I love learning about this stuff. I wanted to share with other people, help other people get more of what they want in life. But I've had people reach out to be coached, salespeople, fundraising people, marketers, uh, all the way to people competing in beauty pageants. And I've had a lot of fun getting to know some of you guys and working with you guys to help craft an ultra persuasive and compelling message, no matter what the circumstances are. So if you're somebody that would like that, you can actually connect with me. Again, via my website, persuasionschoolpodcast.com for coaching opportunities. You just hit work with me up at, up at the top and you'll be able to find it right there. Pretty straightforward. Then from there, ratings and reviews. It doesn't just boost my ego when you rate or review the show. Even something super simple it doesn't have to be a novel. You can even write a couple words as a review. It helps the algorithm, podcast algorithms, bring the show up to the top to make it more visible for other people. So if you're somebody that got value from the show because you were... Uh, curious to learn how to negotiate a raise and you type that in, you found the show and you try to, and you got a raise, you can help other people get 
more of those good things too when you rate or review the show because it's going to be more visible to them. So that's one thing that I always bring up at the end. And then the last thing here is my wife Alexa and I are passionate about fighting human trafficking and sex trafficking. Like I said in the beginning with my consulting business. But if you're somebody that's been wanting to get involved in that, you've been aware for some time, but maybe you haven't gotten around to doing anything, but you want to do something, you can actually donate right through our website. And we just make this available in case you have paralysis by analysis and you know didn't know where to give your money to because there are so many organizations. You can go to persuasionschoolpodcast.com, donate there, 100% of everything that comes through get sent to our partners here in the U.S. and abroad that are fighting the good fight via prevention, via rescue methods, or maybe restoration methods for survivors. So everything that you give makes a huge impact, even if it's a small amount, because it all adds up, obviously. All right, that's it. I'll go ahead and end there. Hope you guys have a fantastic Thursday, Friday, weekend, and I'll catch you next week. Adios.